near side for Lindsay. Lindsay plays it down the flank. A one bounce for McKenzie Gaines. Now Capetti. Enzo with a chip. He scores! Enzo Capetti! Once again, the Road Warrior! And Charlotte FC to the lead in the 27th minute! Enzo Capetti silences the crowd here in Orlando with his second goal of the season. Charlotte FC's second goal of the season. And who else but the Argentine superstar to come up clutch with the first goal in this game. He does a celebration to his newborn child. You love to see the strength of his run. Perfectly timed the intricacy of the one-touch finish of the hop. He makes it look so easy. But the ball from Jalen Lindsay is sublime. It's a fantastic ball from Jalen Lindsay. What a way to re-enter with his first start since August. John the Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. Danny, it's it's Jalen Lindsay. It's Knuckles. A sublime ball. Our friends at WFNZ, Will and Jess on the call. It's it's a victory Sunday night in the QC. Danny Brands, here we are, and we've got good vibes on the Charlotte Soccer Show. Yeah, baby. We're back. Charlotte, I want you to put the word out on the street that we back. You know, that's, that's the uh, the meme that got sent to me on late Saturday night. Actually, in full disclosure, it was sent to me at halftime, and then we almost weren't, weren't back. So probably a good thing that I didn't post it anywhere until after the game, but uh, it was sent to me. Uh, how about it, man? A four-point Saturday. We got to go see the Independents with a hard-fought point in their home opener against a really quality opponent, and then we got to see Charlotte go on the road and become road warriors. It was a hell of a day. It was a hell of a night. We can't, we lived it up uh, at the Elizabeth Parlor room. You, you know, if you're if you're not sick, if you're if you're starting to get sick of us hearing us uh, talk about how great EPR is, just show up, and then you'll agree, and then you won't be sick of it anymore for sure. So uh, that was really great, and uh, feeling great vibes today. Uh, my, you know, I like to, I've been trying to go on bike rides on Sundays after the, uh, the games, it, it, the first last couple of weeks, it's been sort of like catharsis bike rides, like just trying to like pump out all the, uh, the poisonous thoughts from my head. But this time it was pure enjoyment, uh, enjoyed a nice little day, a little cold, but it was, it was a decent little short ride. And, uh, it's been a, it's been a hell of a weekend, man. What can I say? I'm loving life. I'm drinking wine. I also, I have a new bottle of wine for, for, for those who've been following along week to week. I did finish the previous bottle of wine that I was drinking for the last couple of episodes, and now I got another another Malbec, of course, because I love my I love my Argentinian Malbecs. Shout out to Enzo Capetti. Shout out to the Rossing Club kit that I was wearing uh, back in Charlotte gear tonight, but I was <laughs> I, I, I threw out Rossing uh, at the party. Uh, we had a grand old time. People, a lot of folks. Uh, there was actually some really big Rossing Club fans that were there, part of the uh, Blue Fury group, who were. Lo- you know, they were loving me. Everybody was loving Brams. It was a good old time. I was loving Charlotte FC. And uh, what could be better? It's not a six-point Saturday, but a four-point Saturday is the next best thing. Uh, it was a huge day of, of soccer in the city, Danny. And at long last, three points for Charlotte FC. It's it's that feeling of getting off the bottom of the table. Ooh, uh, bottoms up. Uh, <laughs> are we still on the bottom, the bottom on goal differential i think i'm not sure yeah. no no we're not on the bottom no we're up of course Montreal. well yeah we're not of the league the west is trouble there's a lot of bad bad records out in the west early on uh we're we're hurting in the east montreal of course gets their first win the same night that we do so that's unfortunate but where do we start 
who deserves the praise a lot, a lot of times especially Danny around all the different podcasts all the different social media people that talk about Charlotte FC the blame game was Ooh. was being passed around town. Pointing fingers, point over a little point over here, a little point over there. You know, sure, that's what we've been doing for a month, including on this show. And <laughs> when when you start zero and three, you got to do that. Latanzio made changes, Danny, and returned Brand Pronico into his normal position. Mm-hmm. Inserted Jalen Lindsay into the lineup. Inserted Harrison Affel into the lineup as well. And sat Carol Sodersky, sat Camille Yuzviak, starts Vargas and Gaines on the wings, mm-hmm. Westwood in the middle as well. Um, and with Derek Jones, and all of a sudden you see a a force to be reckoned with in Orlando. I've heard a lot of people say, Danny, that the stats looked one way, maybe the score looked a little different. You rewatched the match today. Let's let's hand out some some awards. The golden boy of the match. <sighs> the golden boy of the match. I got to give it. I got to give it to my boy, Jalen Knuckles, Lindsay, man. Uh, it's, it's, uh, there's lots of candidates. And I think I listened to Latanzio's press conference after the game. I think he singled out Marks and Affle and Vargas. I think were the three that he sing. He said, he said he, he was kind of being pressed. He was like, look, I, every player on the team did great tonight. But if you ask me to name three, I named Marks, Vargas and Affle. But, for me, it was Jalen Lindsay. The kid was just like the the breath of fresh air that we needed. He's one of our own. He's one of our he's own. He's one of our own. <laughs> Jalen Lindsay, he's one of our own. One of our when own. it came time to like rally and like get this team back together, like from a desperation point that we were sort sort of sinking towards. It's all about the hometown kids and the homegrowns. You put Jalen in and you bench Burn. You put Marks in and you bench Pablo. You know. Is that controversial? I don't know, but it was certainly eye, eyebrow raising. And, uh, you know, Marks is not as experienced as Pablo Cisniega, but he came up clutch in some big, big spots. Definitely a, a part of the reason we won is because of him. But Jalen, uh, in addition to just the assist, the the pass from Jalen Lindsay is sublime, as we heard uh, on WFNZ. Uh, he was intercepting balls in, in the rewatch that I watched. He's really good at just like getting in and like taking the possession backs on the wings, kind of like Shin Yashiki is, to be honest, like when he's out there in terms of just like being a really good pressing player in a way that I haven't seen from Byrne this year. And, and, and then Jalen's also making contributions on the offense, you know, like he's, he got the assist. He had another, there was a spot uh, in the first half when he intercepted a pass in midfield, carried it forward all the way and like kicked it out to Gaines and almost created a chance for Gaines uh, from the in So, from the Jalen was in here and created a chance on the outside. So he can play all over the place. He was doing that bit. You know, we've seen that Latanzio likes to take the four, two, three, one and morph it into the three, two, two, two in attack, in attack and possession. And that's, and Jalen was comfortable in that. I, I just think he showed us so much more in one game than Byrne has in three that I think he's my man of the match and he's got to stick in the starting lineup as far as I'm concerned. A, a change at both fullback positions. And I think that's mm-hmm. something to, to really take to take a magnifying glass and and take a look into because those fullback positions are are massive in this squad. They're they're asked to do so much, and, and both of these guys got their opportunity on the road against Orlando. Uh, do they run it back this weekend uh, at home against Red Bulls with those same two players? It feels like they're the right thing to do. Yeah, definitely, and I think we've seen two, there's two there's like definitely a Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, 
aspect to what Latanzio does with this team and with his selections and things like that. And we know that he is crazy on one level and he's a tinkerer and he's a mad scientist like we've talked about. And he will he will make radical changes to an 11 sometimes that like blow your mind. But that's almost always and that happened this week and it actually paid off. But that's almost always coming off a loss. Right. He actually also the the doctor, the Mr. Hot, the Dr. Jekyll part of it is that he uh, uh, he doesn't usually change a winning 11. He usually runs it back when it's when the squad wins. He almost always like runs it back. I would maybe you could. I, someone could double check me on the numbers of that, but that's that's the feel that I get in, in the Latanzio era for this club. So I think he'll probably run it back. And, you know, Swiderski on the bench is a big, big, bold, bold move, I think. I think right. partly you can be, it can be sort of explained away with the fact that Carroll's doing international duty this upcoming week. So he wouldn't be available against Red Bulls anyway. So maybe, we, you know, maybe it's like a favor to the there was a little bit of beef if you remember last year between Charlotte and the Polish Football Association over Swiderski reporting whether he, whether he was hurt or not in, in a certain uh, international window and he didn't go to Poland then he scored a goal for us and they were kind of peeved people over there were pissed so maybe it's kind of like hey you know you're he's going to Poland in a couple of days let's just sit him out this game keep him fresh make sure we have a good relationship with the internet i don't know that's all speculative on my part but that's one of the possible reasons if if the International duty was not coming up, and Carroll had been benched. I think it would feel like a lot bigger deal. I guess. Do you agree? Yeah, uh, I, I think that the fact that he's going out of town kind of allows the situation to kind of uh, simmer. It, it doesn't necessarily have to to boil uh, right. over the next week or so, and then maybe when Carroll gets back into town after the international break, if he's not seeing minutes, then. Uh, so what it does is it effectively kicks the can down the road a little bit mm-hmm. and it kind of helps with damage control inside the building for him not to be there at this point and they can focus without him and Christian Latanzio played his card and that was what he was hoping for and he got exactly what he wished for the other person uh, who might which, not start which was again a positive be... result so I didn't mean to cut you off Johnny the other person who might not start again would be Westwood because he did take a knock he had to be subbed at half and if you, uh, I didn't notice this when we were watching live at EPR because I was just bouncing around the room, you know, talking to people and yelling, chanting, and things like that. But Westwood actually, he, I once I did the rewatch, I saw where he got hurt, and he it was definitely holding his muscle. It looked like it could be some type of muscle injury that might be a couple week thing. We'll see. He did play on, like it was like the forty fourth minute when he got hurt, and there was four minutes stoppage time, and he like went to the sideline after some treatment, and they were talking. Nuno Santos like went to the line even then in the first half, but then Westwood played on and like saw out the half and he actually got involved in a couple of little scraps and like got knocked over one play. So I don't know if he would have re-aggravated or, or made his injury worse by staying on for a few minutes. I'm not sure, but they, uh, laddie daddy at the post game said, Hey, he wants to see the scans before he makes any definitive comments. So hopefully we will find out more on Westwood's potential uh, injury midweek here. I thought one of the more interesting uh, comments that we've got all day long was from um, you know one of the crazy uh, fun soccer fans that that shows up at EPR um, and has for the last couple of weeks is Byron Ryan. Believe it or not, going to give him a shout out on the show tonight. Wow, wow, uh, a great great soccer fan. And the reason why is because he tweeted us after the match today. He said, "Hey, there's still cracks." There's still don't paint over the cracks. Of, yeah, don't paint over yeah. the cracks, and I, <laughs> I enjoyed that. And is that what this win does? Is this is this win just kind of um, a charade? Is it for the last week the entire fan base has been saying this is this is a problem? We don't have a starting eleven. Uh, zero points in three matches. All of a sudden, you get three. Uh, 
was it that different of a performance if you just take the results aside? And by results, I mean the three points. If you just put the points aside and you say, okay, the team that we watched on Saturday night against Orlando, this is a step in the right direction because of potentially new players that are going to contribute on a week-to-week basis, right? Like, is that is that the right way to think about it? Yeah. <clears throat> I think that five, he five has a changes. point. I, I think the point that Ryan makes and that some people are making is just that you can't, like – be like okay we're off and running and like we got it like we did it like we we didn't really blow orlando away like you can nitpick this victory big time if you want to you can say orlando's tired they they were playing their fifth match in 15 days you can say they didn't they were missing one of their starting center backs who would have like stopped some balls in the air we didn't really do a ton in the air anyway uh, but that's just that's one thing they could have had you could have say that you know they're just like i said they're just worn down by not just physical fatigue, but the mental fatigue of, of, of like having to like play that all the travel and playing in the CONCACAF Champions League against the Mexican team and whatnot. So, uh, and then you can say, then you can look, I want to show one thing. If I can, I'm going to share the screen real quick here because there's one thing I want, another nitpick you could make potentially is uh, this right here. If uh, we bring it full screen, maybe the, uh, uh, <laughs> this is what they call the pressure graph on SofaScore. Yeah, where it's if you're looking on YouTube as uh, thanks for following us. Where it's green, that's Orlando you know, getting attack, and the higher the the little bar there, the more pressure their attack is. And if it's blue, it's Charlotte. So you can see in the first half, you know, it's pretty even. You know, we were pr- getting a lot of threat and providing a lot of pressure, especially towards the end of the first half. We got our lead two nil. In the second half, you rarely see this. Trust me, I look at a lot of these graphs. This is like 35, 40 minutes of just sustained Orlando City just having the ball constantly in their own half, uh, in our half, excuse me, in their attacking half, and uh, getting uh, chances and putting man under pressure and getting shots on goal and things like that. We were lucky to hold on. We allowed two goals in uh, that were called for offsides, one in the third minute of the match and then one late in the the match, and they they were pretty close offsides, so... Uh, you know, we missed a couple of McKenzie Gaines missed a big chance. Brant Bronico missed a really wide open shot that also did turn out to be offsides, but still, like that should have been uh, buried, I think, by Brant. I think if that's Swiderski in that spot, he buries it personally. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man, like I said, there's things, there's cracks out there. But more importantly, I think we just, as a fan base, it was like a, this huge release and relief, and like all these people, like I can't be mad at anyone celebrating. If you're painting over cracks today on Sunday. God will got more power to you. I have no beef with that because like there were a lot of cracks and a little paint never hurt anything. So uh celebrate and be be uh excited about Charlotte FC finally getting off the schneid for sure. It'd be it the cracks would look a lot worse if we were 0-4 this morning. It, it will definitely help the vibe at the fortress on Saturday. And mm-hmm. the the coming off a three-point win and forget about and you know what they've been doing at, at Bank of America Stadium for years now? They've been covering up cracks with paint over at that stadium for a while now, Danny. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So no uh, doubt. we're going to go there and and uh, Saturday night have a great time. And I, and I think the vibe in that building is going to be fantastic coming off a win. And I think Enzo Capetti uh, is going to be in a, a prime position to score a goal in that match, right? He's, he's yeah. starting to feel it right now. The prince that was promised. And I know he certainly how is much that. he's loved. At, at, Charlotte, at, uh, at Bank of America Stadium, they were – when we lost the match uh, to Atlanta, the people that were stuck around in the supporter section doing like post game chants or whatever, they were just chanting "Copetti, Copetti." Like when he <laughs> scores a mat a goal in a home match, it's going to be absolutely insane. 
the the fan base already loves him and and he seems like the the type of guy that has a a great nose for goal you know we 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 lauded over his ability to just be in the box and score and make the mm-hmm. right touch and i think on his goal what you saw was is, was a great first touch with the thigh can it puts it right in front of him uh, knows he can get the next touch on it his second touch is in the back of the net just controlled cool finish uh right past who i think is one of the best keepers in the league who who knew he got beat quickly he you could tell right. the octopus guy you say uh in that was just absolutely pissed oh, yeah. about letting that goal in basically especially because of the ball the, the seeking ball over by from Lindsay. now, now one thing i, I want to do before we get into before we go to a break and and get into a second segment tonight is is talk about the keeper george marks danny i just wanted to wanted yeah. to hear you talk about this um player getting a a start in an mls match i think it, i believe it was his first start in an mls match uh, if if yeah i think no did he start the uh I think he started against Philadelphia, right? Because Kalina got hurt in the warm-up. So second. Then we, we barely, yeah, we barely paid attention because uh, Rio scored four goals, and we just, yeah, no one even remembered that Mark started. I'll double-check that. I, I, sure I, I unfortunately um, had to miss that match. I was out of town for that match. It's you know, I yeah. look back at last year and some that's of the when we were in the vault. The that's, that's when we were yeah. in the vault, baby. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So if Mark started that game, I, I missed it. It was an easy W. Either way, it is his first or his second start. No, I'm sorry. That was Pablo. That was Pablo against uh, Mark's. Did something? Mark's played something. He played like the the uh, the the Columbus redo match. I think like he had to start right because he was. Pablo wasn't on the bench in the original one. There was one spot where Marks did like quote unquote start last year, but it was not Philadelphia. Either way, it was a bold decision. When the yeah. lineup came out, that's what you right. circled. You were talking about that. We saw Bridget mm-hmm. before the match. Uh, we saw her. Spencer yeah, the, spent, the world's uh, biggest time George Marks fan. Match, yeah. Independence match. Yeah. So, so I heard y'all talking about that. I heard how I think a lot of people were surprised to see that. And based on the 90 minutes, uh, George Marks looked really, really good. Yeah, he looked really, he looked really good, man. He looked really good. A seven point six Sofa Score rating, and that's even with a yellow card against him for time wasting. So uh, I think, although I don't know if that increases your score because it's actually a good strategic move or not, but yeah, he. I'm tra- trying to look how many saves he was credited with. Six saves. A couple of them were diving saves. One, he went low to his left to make a big save. He even made a save on the play where we conceded, like when we where we gave up the goal. He actually made a good play on that, that like uh, coming up and like stopping the initial effort uh, after Tuiloma got beat really bad again, unfortunately. And uh, Mark, but then there was just too many. Like they were able to, they just did a little square pass over to a wide open Ojeda on the on the other side of the box. But yeah, Marks covered himself in a lot of glory, man, and he, he was. I think the one thing I don't necessarily have not seen this, but the one thing I definitely know that people have critiqued Pablo Cisniega for is he doesn't communicate as well with his back line. Like he's too stoic almost and just like kind of like expects people to be where he wants them to be, maybe almost reading his mind. And this, I saw a lot more animated, like pointing guys out in places and stuff like that from Marks than I have seen from Pablo. Maybe it's because I was watching for it. I'm going to confess I'm not like a goalkeeping expert. So, so I, I don't want to step out of line with, uh, too much critique about stuff that I'm not an expert on, but it definitely does feel like Marx has captured the heart of the fan base. I, I do think people have a little bit of like short memories. Like it was only a couple weeks ago that everyone was praising Pablo and saying, you know, it's not his fault. Well, you know, the own goals and the bad passes, Pablo's not the reason right. we're losing. But then as soon as Marx comes in and we win, it's like, 
I never liked Pablo. I was always on Mark. I always wanted Marks. You know, it was just a little bit of that. So they're both pretty equal talent when it comes to to keepers. They're, they're both backup keepers to Kalina. They're they're both uh, mm-hmm. players who have been fighting for this role, who have been able to be on the squad for for more than a year now. And then the reason why is because they're both both talented guys. So I'm not surprised that the drop off isn't a lot from uh, Cisniega to to Marks and we watched Marks I, I, in, in person at the U in the U S open cup last season against Greenville. Uh, he sure. got the start in that game. And he looked good there too. Um, this, I, I don't think this ultimately my point is, 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 is it's not anything different that we're seeing from Marks. Anytime he's gotten minutes, he's been a solid rock at the back. His, his shot stopping ability, his reflexes, some strong hands as well in the back. I think that this is a really interesting now problem, right? The, the, the flexibility, the, I guess the, the depth that we've talked about that you maybe last episode said could be a potential uh, actual weakness. Uh, All of a sudden we have a, a, a depth, a depth conversation, a keeper. And even if you put Christian Kalina, you throw him into the mix there. I think you're talking about three guys who um, you got to ride the hot keeper. So the the question becomes, does George Marks get into the net on, on Saturday at the keep? I think so. I think I would, I would expect him to, I think other than Westwood, I do think Latenzio will probably ride the extremely similar 11, if not the exact same, other than Westwood, like I said, but the, the the there's just no reason to change. If you if you lost three with one guy and then won one with the other guy, why do you go? You would never go back to the first guy in the next game. That doesn't make any sense, right? Just like take the actual people we're talking about out of it and just make it sort of a, a, a anonymous conversation. And it, just on the face of it, it doesn't seem logical to go back. So, yeah, I I like Pablo. I like everything Pablo brings, but for whatever reason, he just can't hold down you know he when he's gotten starting chances both in LA and here he doesn't really like nail him down to the point where he's unquestionable he's not undroppable he's not undroppable like Bronny bro for damn sure it's an another sign you, the the lineup comes out and and Bronny bro is still in there because Christian Lontanzio knows what he can get out of him you know you're not going to get the most uh technically technical uh skilled player right uh what you're going to do is you're going to get a player that can totally just run all match long and and his fitness level is completely top notch uh somebody else in the squad who's struggling a little bit is somebody new to the squad it's bill Tuiloma on the back line Mm -hmm. yet another mistake leading to an orlando goal uh we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about guzman carujo when we can expect him back because i think ultimately at this point uh Big Bill has played himself out of the lineup as soon as Guzman Carujo is ready to go. I think Addison mm-hmm. Milan is, is the person that you're going to see paired up with with Guzman at the center back. We we know that Guzman has been on the pitch a little bit in training. Uh, we're going to have to ask a, about an update this week on the status of, of the center back because I think that's really the next piece of the puzzle, Danny. That starts to come together. And yeah. all of a sudden, you've, you're, you're, you're beginning to find that um, that that back line and also a keeper situation that, that you feel good about, which has been, in my opinion, the total weakness of the squad, the defense has been poor. And what happens when you only give up one goal, you win the game. And you, you love to see that for, for Charlotte FC. So we're going to do that. Remember you can, you can, you can tweet us at for the crown baby. You can, you know, follow us here on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks. If you're not, if you're listening to the show, uh, do us a favor, subscribe on YouTube. You can see us do the show there as well. And 
give us a rating, give us a review. Always appreciate y'all doing that. Thanks for coming out to to EPR on Saturday night. Another successful watch party. Some some of the Blue Furia was there. Um, mm-hmm. The Mecklenburg Reserves are there. Post match, uh, if you didn't hear our interview with with manager. Uh, Mike Jeffries of the Charlotte Independence and and goalkeeper Austin Pack. Make sure you check that out. It's it's episode seventy two. Uh, you can hear those interviews from last week. They they were post game at EPR as well. Shout out to them for being there. I think uh, I think we have a new phenomenon. Also, it's called the Charlotte Soccer Show Bump. Come on the show, Austin Pack. You get a clean sheet against the highest scoring attack in the league three years running. I think that's pretty cool. You know, like Charlotte Independence really. They didn't score, and they probably had the most chances in that match. They probably had the better of the chances against Richmond. And I was really happy to see them out there with a really strong spine. I know you lo- you love a good strong spine, and they they pretty much kept any any and all attacking away. Austin Pack had to make one really nice save that he was able to make, and Richmond looked kind of futile out there. Because shout out to the independents for doing some organization work. I saw Austin at EPR after the match, and he he said. Uh, yeah, sorry, it was a little boring out there. I said, "Hey, man, it's a clean sheet. <laughs> right. It's a clean sheet. Yeah. It's all good. You got the clean, you got the clean never sheet. Boring. Yeah. And for a keeper, that's always a, a good thing. Celebrate that. Uh, so for and now, um, we'll be back in just a second. What do you have? One more thing. I just want to say we were able to meet also Coach Jeffrey's lovely wife Terry. Just you know, wonderful the the real Miss Terry uh, for all you college football fans out there. And she uh, uh, was delightful, and she was mad that her husband did not mention her award-winning uh, cookies uh, during the interview that we went at uh, with Coach Jeffries when he had the chance. So I just wanted to shout out those cookies on the show for sure, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to to enjoy some of her baked goods after an Independence win sometime uh, in the upcoming season. Based on how they played on Saturday against what which, which we, what we know is a good side, I think uh, with some late substitutions, with not maybe uh, Coach Jeffries his uh, ideal starting eleven. Uh, to start the season, I think it's going to look a little bit different in a couple of weeks. Knowing all of those things, uh, one point in the first match at home is not uh, the worst thing in the world. Remember, after that match, what did I say? Charlotte FC has played three games. They still don't have a point. So you get, you get <laughs> right, your right, first, exactly. first game. That's not a bad thing. So it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. It's now Sunday evening as we're recording this. Uh, thanks to, to those of you who are listening on your podcast feeds Monday morning on the way into work. Maybe Monday as you're hanging out on an off day or maybe Monday evening when you're having a, a glass of, of, of red wine, which is I, I saw you and I needed to make sure I got myself. <laughs> yeah, man. The eccentric Malbec 2021 is pretty nice. It's uh, very spicy. Very good. Oh, spicy. Any spicy takes on Bill Tuiloma and his performances? <laughs> uh, the desperation signing. Desperation signing. We should have just trusted Jones to play center back until Carujo was available. It's, is that, is that spicy enough for you? Is that it's spicy enough? Yeah. It's, it's I do love the nickname Big Bill. We love Big Bill, you know, but I won't but... Is Christian Fuchs able to come off the bench and maybe give some center back minutes to this to this team? Where, where's where's Sobo, where's Sobocop? Where's Sobosinski? Is he injured? Sobocop. Right I think he picked up a knock right at some point. If I'm checking, I don't believe he wasn't even on the bench yet on Saturday. So, um, what's the latest for, with with Sobosinski? It's like, do we have a center back issue on this club? When, when is Carujo available? So you tell me. Carujo had his surgery August twelfth. 2022 so uh acl surgery re uh, you know reconstruction 
what is that? The general take on that is nine months to 12 months, depending on, you know, for an athlete to like get back to their sports. So in theory, I mean, he could still be out until June or July, but more likely just knowing the kind of athlete he is and knowing the kind of rehab uh, beast that I presume him to be, I would hope that he would be available by the end of April or in May. What, what do you think? I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. That's what I'm asking. Like, yeah, I, me I, either. I yeah, figure, yeah. I need to figure. I know. Um, I need to ask this question because the last time <laughs> we talked to Christian Latanzio, not we, but the media did talk mm-hmm. to Christian Latanzio. I want to say about three weeks ago, and and he said there the timetable. There was no timetable, but he was ahead of the schedule. But the, even though there wasn't a timetable, he was ahead of the schedule. <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. On time there's no timetable. Time there's a schedule, and he's ahead of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Should we call up uh, synonyms.com and see if timetable and schedule are on the same page? I bet they are. Uh, I'm underscoring this because um, you made a great, a great point. Like, even though he is out on the pitch and moving around well in in practice and uh, in, in training, it doesn't mean he's anywhere near match fit. Adam Armour has been, mm-hmm. you know walking fine looking fine for a while and he finally got back into training and and um was was uh not available um yeah he was on, not on the bench either but he was not Saturday on the injury night, report at least yeah. but he was not on the injury report so right. that's a step that's uh, a step in the journey is, for sure that is a step in the journey but when i when i look at the the bench danny um there's there's nobody there that can fill in at center back there's not one right. person on yeah. the bench yeah, you're not wrong. That's, yeah, Joe, Joey Mora, I guess in a, in a pinch or burn in a pinch could have done it, but you're not wrong. Yeah, that is a, that is a bit of an issue, an issue at the back. And I think right now we're you, you got to ride Belanda and you've got to ride Tui Loma as, as far as they'll take you. But uh, I'm going to promise you at some point it's 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 not going to work. Is that one of those cracks that might be getting papered over, painted over? You know, I don't know. No, it's, yeah. it's not. It's not. <laughs> Uh, crack open a cold one let's go are you double fisting on a sunday night let's go (laughs) i was double fisting uh okay sparkling water go water and wine i love it what you know yeah why not both i was double fisting a little bit at epr i was double fisting at epr a couple times for sure and shout out let me just say shout out to matt morena the bearded bartender who promised us the award-winning gin cocktail said he needed to get the cold cream in and he, the cold cream came in, and he he was mixing up drinks. I was loving it. It was it was a very I could see why it was winning awards. He had some nice cocktail work. I knew where you were going with that with that shout out, by the way. And it was it was a totally unexpected uh, cocktail. Uh, it was a it was a winning cocktail. Might have to be a tradition. Shout mm-hmm. out, he gets a W and EPR, right. and you 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 get the gin cocktail. Um, and you know people were people. It, it was one of the, it was a showstopper. Right. The entire those those drinks came out from back behind the bar and the entire place was like, whoa, what is that? Mm -hmm. What is that? Mm -hmm. And and it lived up to the billing. It was it was fantastic. It it didn't taste how I expected it to taste at all, uh, which was maybe part of the the reason why I I really enjoyed it, because it was it was unexpectedly tart. Mm -hmm. It was um not very gin forward. The the cream was was great. It was right. it was a delicious treat. It felt like something <laughs> that you would have for dessert. And after a win, oh, it man. was great. Yeah, that little that sort of that little couch corner section of EPR is almost it almost like sets itself aside as like a V like this is the VIP. Like oh yeah, we're the VIP now on these couches. And that was just a great <laughs> place to like sit you know sit in the in the quote unquote VIP drinking some special winning cocktails. It felt it felt amazing. It was such a great night. 
and uh, everybody contributed to it, man. Gains, you, you know, everyone's hyping up the the goal scored by Copetti and the pass from Jalen that got him there. I'm not sure if Jalen saw Copetti. I think he was passing it to Gaines. When you watch that replay, Gaines is like running alongside Copetti. They're both there as an option. And so I almost feel like Gaines' run is what brought the pass from, from Lindsay, and then Copetti ended up being the one in the better position to finish it, which is great. But just and, uh, and by the way, was a hero out there. Kerwin Vargas scored the game winner, and his ability to, to go one-on-one with a mm-hmm. defender and mm-hmm. maybe get a bit of a lucky deflection either way got himself into a position to to get get a shot on goal and and it sneaks in the the near mm-hmm. side uh, another one that G- Gaese was definitely not happy about letting that goal in the back of the net frustrating yeah. loss for Orlando this game yeah he, he got caught wrong-footed by the deflection but hey you make your own luck in this game I do think uh they all count as just uh Charmin called on WFNZ uh the um the thing that struck out to me sort of a, a a thread that carried on through the night is we went to the independence match right and what did we see we saw gabrielle overton we saw trace or we saw dane kelly when he came in what do they all have in common when they get the ball near the box they shoot and they, you can't score if you don't shoot and like they are the, like the independence really impressed me with the way that just like you get a chance you shoot it you put the ball towards the goal something might happen on a rebound you might beat the keeper you don't know but it was like shoot, shoot, shoot. And Charlotte FC, that's something we've really lacked this year. There's a lot of like reluctance to fire the shot and always trying to like make that perfect pass, pa- pass it into the net as, you know, the old Arsenal criticism from back in the Vanger days is that they were trying to do that too much. And our team has been trying to do that too much. Like Vargas is the breath of fresh air because much like those guys on the independence, he just shoots, man. He gets the ball and he's looking to make something happen toward the goal. He's not like thinking like, oh, how can I like fancy dribble myself into space and then make some sick pass that no one's ever seen? He's like, no, I have the ball. How do I get this ball headed towards the goalkeeper at speed? I personally, I think that Vargas could could land on an undroppable list soon. Wow. I think he might I like be able it. to land on an undroppable list soon. He keeps scoring, yeah. Although that we thought when Shinyashiki scored a bunch of goals, we called them undroppable, and then he was prompt. No, dropped, but but, but hey, they yeah. played. There's there's an opening at left at left wing. Sure. You know, there's an opening there, and there's there's an opening on the right side too. And I, I would say that of of Yuzviak, Vargas, Shinyashiki, and Gaines, uh, we talked about goals mattering, right? We talked about mm-hmm. hey, you got to score goals. This is what we we mean by that. Like it's it's sometimes you simplify it down to that one simple statistic, and and it stands out above everything else. But it's just so true when you play attacking mm-hmm. football when that's your position. Like you either have to <laughs> provide assists or score goals, or you don't play. Like that's just how those positions work. And with Vargas clearly scoring this goal and and a game winning goal, he's in the lineup for me on Saturday night. Um, mm-hmm. Even if Christian Latanzio runs this full thing back man for man, that would be fine. But I do think there's some options. Um, I do think Shin Yashiki is an option on the right wing uh, next to next to Copetti there if he wants to replace Gaines and play Shinya there on the wing. And again, we'll figure out what happens. And um, you, you take four four for four four two off the table. We, Danny, we can get into all that later Not in the week. We'll have a preview yeah. episode. We'll have a preview episode this week of uh, Saturday night's match against New York Red Bull. Who, by the way, Red Bull, remember, I, I, I still have that bitter taste in my mouth from last season. Red Bull knocking us out of that mm-hmm. U.S. Open Cup. Oh, I hate them. We hate the, the nasty Red Bulls for sure, man. Uh, 
what can I say? I want to beat him bad. Uh, but I'm reveling in this win, you know, like I'm, I'm just thinking again, I'm just thinking about like some of the plays I watched Jalen Lindsay make and he got, he ran out of steam at the end. That's, that's one thing is it's like, so Latanzio did some pretty nice substitutions at the end to like, see this thing out. If you remember that pressure graph we showed earlier, we were under the cosh as they, as they say in England, like it was, it was like heavy, heavy pressure. And like, even though Ben Bender's not my ideal choice to come in late and like, see out a, a one goal victory because he loses the ball so much he actually he has a lot of energy and fresh legs and it was nice to see him come back well, let's go through the substitutions the can, you, the can you bring that up on the screen can you bring that, that can, up on the screen sure the, the substitutions how's about it because you can see it here like it's 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 pretty clear that there was a lot of action in the second half right you mm-hmm. start with um westwood clearly that out that that decision you talked about a potential knock there we need to get on an update on his status as well Westwood, but if he's unavailable, that's 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 a clear clear sign that you know Nuno Santos will start on Saturday against Red Bull. I think if Westwood yep. isn't isn't available, um, and then you know it, would have Jalen Lindsay went the full ninety without that yellow card? That's that's a question. Nathan Byrne that's comes in the sixty seventh seventh minute. I, I think I think if Lindsay doesn't pick up that yellow card, I think he goes the full ninety. Yeah, and he also did the attack that led to their goal did come down his side, although it wasn't necessarily his fault. It's obviously Tui Loma way more culpable in that situation, but he might have just been a little bit, uh, you know, tired. This is his first match of the year. It, probably some fresh legs didn't didn't hurt. And Burn again, I don't think Burn's some great defender. I think Lindsay's a better defender than Burn, but Burn for twenty five minutes is a lot better than Burn for seventy five minutes. Let's just put it that way. Well, what's interesting Sorry, to me, and to I, was, I, was, I was thinking about. Uh, Nathan Burns today and and thinking about how you know he's a guy that is experienced um he's somebody that has played in the English championship for Derby County he's he's been in the game for a while he's 30 years old um and he's played for came up in the Tottenham Academy uh, somebody who went on loan to places like Brentford, Bournemouth, both those clubs in the, in the Premier League right now. Mm-hmm. Spent some time at Wolver- Wolverhampton Wanderers as well. And it's been everywhere. It's, he's making his first um, trip outside of, of England, right? He's 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 born and raised an Englishman and has played in English football his entire career. Now he's come over to the States and he's has to face the harsh reality at, at 30 years old that there's a 22-year-old American that is taking his spot. Yeah. And that's yeah, I mean, it's it, tough. It's, it's tough. You, you got to make sure that you um, you fight on. And I think there's – if you're Jalen Lindsay, you can look at that yellow card and you can say, hey, if I'm more disciplined, I'll play more minutes. And I'm prepared to do mm-hmm. it. I'm in good shape. Uh, so so ultimately, I think that that change burned for, for Lindsay. That's not something I, I'd hope to see in the future, but it's not a bad one considering the yellow happened. Uh, Camille mm-hmm. Uzviak comes in for, again, I, I it's insane how they uh, abbreviate Mackenzie Gaines to OMG. <laughs> OMG2. G2 uh, on Sofa Score. Uh, or in Mackenzie Dost. Yeah. For Uzviak. What was your take on that substitution? I think it was just a matter of there's not many out. There. I would have preferred it to be Carroll, I guess, but they were. It seemed like they were committed to not playing Carroll. There just wasn't that many options. If you look over here on the bottom right of the screen, you can see like it was either Yusviak or Shinyashiki. I would have made it Shinyashiki. Let's just put it that way because I think he's as much as Yusviak is a bulldog and has that sort of relentless effort. I think Shinyashiki's a better defender when it comes down to it, just in terms of more talent and like get winning the ball back and taking it back away. So. 
but either either way, it, it, fresh legs were needed at that point. And uh, McKenzie played good, missed a you know had a big chance early on that he missed. Had a lot of good spots where he was running into space, and just didn't really have a ton of impact on the game. But he wasn't bad. But I think it was the right sub at the time. How about that? Uh, Joseph Mora comes in late for Harrison Offal, who played an incredible match. I think that's a great substitution. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. And then Ben Bender, Danny Brams, out of the Back witness the protection dead. program. Yeah, there he is. He comes in for a cameo late in the match to help see things out. <laughs> Had to happen. But give Vargas his curtain call right for the game-winning goal. Um, yeah, man. Uh, it, it was nice to see Bender. I, I just uh, I went back today and I was like, when was the last time we saw Ben Bender? And I remembered, oh, it was the uh, the video of him from preseason where he was uh, picking fruit at the uh, orchard in California when they were out there in L.A. And he was uh, picking oranges and, and lemons and things like that. And I watched the video again today and uh, he like he bit a lemon like he ate a lemon like an apple. Just like he was like, that's not that sour. Oh, wait, it is really sour. Yeah. So just like <laughs> I'm like like I have a whole new take on Ben Bender, which is just like he's just like this lovable kid that just is like just like goofing his way through life and like figuring it all out as he goes so i i think he wants to play obviously but i don't think he's like heartbroken to not play because i think he's just like loving the experience of like being on a professional soccer team and and like uh and just going through life it's kind of funny so i like bender more uh uh after re-watching that video and like uh and just like getting to see his personality shine a little more what can i say just a quick take on that situation is a substitute like that late in the match on the road that's a lot of trust for a manager to to put on ben bender's shoulders and i think that that's a a a clear sign to me that bender's pushing in training to where Mm -hmm. latanzio can't really ignore him anymore he's been ignored until this this moment he's got some time on the pitch so take a look at um potentially saturday as another chance for bender to get some minutes I think maybe at home against New York Red Bull, maybe not in a starting uh, capacity, but mm-hmm. uh, I think Bender, if, if he's if he's somebody that you want to throw on for that last twenty minutes, uh, mm-hmm. I think that could be a good role for him this season. What do you think? I think so. I mean, we know Carroll's not going to be available, so that I think that gives him one one step higher in the pecking order. I think it's really a sh- like we didn't really get to see what some of these subs can do, like when it comes to like seeing Nuno Santos come in and Ben Bender, and these are guys who have attacking verve who can come in and like change a game late. I, I would have liked to see us like try to go press on for one more goal. Cause I think we faced a tired opponent and we could have got it and we could have sealed the, the deal away instead of, you can see the pressure graph on the stream there. There's a smaller version than what I showed earlier, but look at all that. Like Orlando, just like owning us on pressure for 40 straight minutes is tough. And you're not going to win many games if you fall, if you do that over and over again. But, um, the way it was, the guys did well. And like, so, so, so Bender's not going to look as good and, and Santos is not going to look as good statistically because they were not brought in to do what they mainly do. These are attacking players that were brought in just to sort of be energy guys and, and hold the lead. And they did a, they did a fine job of that, but I don't know. Uh, being on the road, I guess you could say it was probably the right tactic because you don't want to like lose it to a home team, but we almost did lose it a couple of times. That goal, that late goal that was ruled offside was barely offside for sure. So, you need breaks, and and that's something that I thought about in the moment when when Charlotte FC took the three points. One of my first thoughts post match was, you know, some of the breaks fell our way tonight, and that just happens, and that that'll happen both ways uh, in in soccer. So you, you know, you just you just you don't take those kind of nights for granted where you feel like you've gotten a break, and then all of a sudden, can you start building momentum off of that break? Because you know, I thought the Atlanta match was a was a chance for Charlotte FC to pick up a 
its first uh, three points of the season and and really kick on. And little did I know it it uh, the solution was benching Carol Swiderski and <laughs> crazy um, getting three points in Orlando and and trying to kick on the season there and and three points against New York Red Bulls on on Saturday night is going to be massive for this club. So uh, I'm pumped to be there. I know Danny will be there as well. It's going to be a great Saturday night. It's been a, it's been a fun show. It's been a fun show. Is there anything that we haven't done tonight that you want to, uh, that you want to do? You've uh, already done like six or seven shout outs. You got eight or nine, maybe a 10. I, I got shout outs for days, baby. I got shout outs for days. There is actually one thing I want to do. And it's a really shout out to you, to be perfectly honest. It's something that I thought was pretty cool that you put out there and you just asked all the TFOs there, the tremendous friends of our show who, uh, the numbers are growing. Let's just put it that way. The numbers are growing. We ha- we don't have an official count, but we do know that uh, a lot of people are out there. I liked your tweet that you put out on at for the crown baby, and I want- just want to share a couple of the responses here if we- and scroll through them. Uh, you said describe Charlotte FC's uh, win in five words, and you're and then Charlotte is a soccer city. Kind of, you may- I- was that a joke on me forgetting how many words are in the phrase Charlotte is a soccer city in the last episode? By the way. Yes, yes, exactly okay. what that was. I figured it was. I that. figured it was for sure. Uh, but I, I, I love uh, the theme of like a five-word response. We got some great ones. You know, offsides, man of the match. That's pretty funny from Evan. You know, offsides definitely saved us, prevented too. There's your answer. No longer on the bottom. Our best guys showed up. That's our first eleven. That's uh, that's the first eleven. I guess. Are we counting a contraction as two words? Maybe. Uh, that's only four words. I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Uh, one mainly without Polish players. That's a little spicy. That's a, That's fact. a spicy take. Yeah, it's just <laughs> a, a fact, factual guys. spicy yeah. take. Yeah, uh, our boy Len, relief, exhilarating, howering, potential, fearless. I love. I love that he went with five separate words. You know, Charlotte is a good squad. Latanzio connected is This was one of my favorites. It was about daggum time. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Sombrero Man who was hanging out at EPR. He said, uh, "En español te dije que." Te dije que somos chingones, I think, as of my horrible Spanish accent, but I told you we're badass, you know, te dije. Uh, <laughs> this is only the beginning. I can feel happiness again. It's it's thank F for that win. Thank fuck for that win. Sorry, we're in a Oh, there's story. Ryan. There's Ryan. Ryan. There. I love that Ryan did he he did the five-word answer, don't paint over the cracks. And then he like, but oh, here's a second tweet that has like 50 words, <laughs> like to, to go a little deeper on what I meant to say. So that's pretty funny. JPP completely misunderstand the assignment with uh, a lot more than five <laughs> words as well, but we love it for sure. Uh, I know Bridget, NC Tiger Girl, Bridget McCall, she's all about the grinders. She loves she loves George Marks because she thinks he grinds so hard. Uh, determination and grinding paying off. You got to love that. I chose he's one of our own because, you know, Jalen Lindsay, he was my man of the match. George Marks, he, he stepped up as a homegrown. Uh, football East to Argentina, lost to Saudi Arabia. I think – I don't, I don't know what that's going for, but I know that Futbolista loves her Argentinian national team. So uh, lots of good responses from the people and, uh, and just, just fun times. Uh, uh, we love, we love the com- to have the conversation on Twitter. It's just a quick – It's of all the social media platforms, that's the one that just is like quick and fun and, and easy to do. So th- those, were our, those were our five words to describe the win from all the people. And then I, I want to do one other thing before we get out of here, which was since we're, so we're shouting out our fans – Let's just rub some salt in the wound of the Orlando fans and just like uh, bring a little noise their way, if you don't mind, if, if I can stir up some drama, because this is uh, and we were also asked to talk about this by uh, by Byron Ryan, I believe. So I want to show a video here and uh, tell me what you think of it. This is Oscar Pereja, the Orlando coach. This is his post game press conference. All right. It's my responsibility to create a lineup and to create a, a 
and game plan and and I ended up in that in that part in that part I have uh, I have to is that what you heard wow. you heard like people banging on glass and yelling asshole boo and like booing him like they're booing their own coach at the post game press conference after they won the U.S. Open Cup last year. They competed admirably in the uh, CONCACAF Champions League and went out on like a real heartbreaking uh, away goals rule. And now, you know, they lose that play in their fifth match in 15 days. I'm not here to like offer sympathy for Orlando, but like to like, how can you be that pissed at your coach that you would call him an asshole while he's giving his postgame press conference as, as, uh, as you walk out of the stadium? Pretty weak, pretty lame. Orlando, get your heads right, get better, be better fans. I understand the frustration. I don't appreciate using that frustration in, in that way where the coach is in a professional environment doing a job there. Remember press conferences is not something that a coach can decline. Right. He has to show up there and face the music post game. So uh, if you're going to act that way in a press conference room, I, I think you should um, think maybe differently next time around, but I understand the frustration from a, from a fan base because you know, there's, there's a couple things that I think as a supporter, really get to you. And I think being knocked out of cup competition is one. And even though Orlando played uh, Tigres uh, well, they, they got knocked out of the cup this past week. Yeah. And it hurts. the manager, it the manager lost that match. And then that was midweek at, at home. And a few days later, they get a chance to play at home again against Charlotte. Who's on the bottom of the MLS table. And they lose that match as well. So in a vacuum, when you just consider the four day span, it's pretty poor pretty poor so i can understand the frustration uh but don't don't do it uh that way just you know it's not the move it's not the move yeah yeah, so. move. yeah. anything lets us puff up our chest and, and feel like we're better human beings than the orlando city fans you know i'm gonna throw that in at the ep- end of an episode for sure it was a great weekend we're looking forward to a great week here in charlotte i hope everybody has a great week and i hope everybody um stay safe out there i hope hope everybody can enjoy a week of of positive vibes and and good charlotte fc content i know um you can check out a bunch of content out there especially our episode that's going to drop later on thursday previewing the match against atlanta and danny browns it's great to see you i hope you have a, a good start to your week and as always raise a glass because it's for the crown baby cheers <laughs>